0: We are on Ksubis Ain Zin Aleph 77A as we begin a new Mishnah. This is the last off the last page of the seventh Perek, of the seventh chapter. Says the Mishnah, Ish in Kofen Oso lahotzi." A man who develops a blemish. He has a mum. He develops a blemish while they are married. While they're married, we do not force him to get divorced. We can't force him to divorce his wife, even though he has the mum. He developed it after the marriage, not prior to the marriage. Alma Rabbishim ben Gamalil says, Rabbishim ben Gamalil says that what are we referring to only when it's a minor blemish? If it is a more major blemish, the Gamar will explain and give examples for what exactly is the difference between minor versus major. Uh, but if it's a major blemish, so then we do force him uh, to divorce her. They would have to get divorced. Says the Gemara, Rav Yehuda, tani noldu, tani hayu. Rav Yehuda has the language of noldu, which is what we had in our Mishnah, i.e. that the man developed these blemishes after the marriage. Chia has the language of hayu, that even if he had it prior to the marriage, so that we still don't force him to divorce his wife. If it's after the marriage, so then certainly before the marriage, if you had these blemishes, so then they don't get divorced because she must have known about it and she agreed to it. She accepted it if it was prior to the marriage. But according to the opinion that says that it's only if it's blemishes from prior to the marriage, that's only prior to the marriage, but if it was after the marriage... It's only by prior to the marriage, she accepted it. But if it's after the marriage, so then they would, in fact, have to get divorced. Okay. It is interesting to note, the commentators point out, that what happens if it's in the opposite direction? Let's say the wife is the one who develops these blemishes after the marriage. In those cases, we say that um, that there's nothing he can do about it. That's the That's the wife that he's married to, and he has to stay married to her. Uh, it's only on the on the side of the man. If the man develops a blemish, so then uh, uh, perhaps according to this opinion, they would have to uh, we force him to get divorced. And according to, to Rabbi Shimon uh if it's a mum gadol, if it was a major blemish, so then we for sure would have to force him to uh, get divorced. So says the Gemara. Tanan. It says in our Mishnah differentiates between major blemishes versus minor blemishes that by major blemishes we force him to divorce her if he has it by minor blemishes then we don't force him so it says the Gemara I understand if you have the girsa, the language, the version that he develops these blemishes after the marriage so then I can understand sorry I can understand the difference between uh, whether it's a a major blemish versus a minor blemish so then I can understand the difference but if it happened before they got married so either way she accepted it so what's the difference whether it's a major blemish a minor blemish either way she accepted it a so the Gemara answer is no there's still a difference from before if he develops it before the marriage because she could say that uh, she's, uh, she's accepting it anyways but when it comes to a, that might be only when it comes to a minor blemish where you know, they get married, and so she accepted it, she accepted it. But it could be that for a major blemish, she might have accepted it, but she didn't realize exactly what she was getting herself into. And it could be that after they're married, she'll say, you know what, I really cannot handle this. And then in that case, maybe that's the case that Rashim Gamalil said that uh, they would have to force him to divorce her. Okay, it's also important to note that even though we force him to divorce her, uh, she still gets her ksuba. She still receives her ksuba. Uh, the ksuba amount of that is still not... Uh, Taken away it's not her fault, it's not her fault uh, that he has a blemish, and so therefore she still receives her ksuba. okay it says the Gemara, mumen gedolim. so this is the list of major uh, or these are some of the some of the the list of major blemishes from where her his eye one eye was went blind. His hand was cut off, or let's say his leg was broken. It must be his leg was broken different than nowadays. Whereas, I guess, uh, it means that his leg was broken to the point where it can't heal. Uh, that's when Rabbi Gamaliel says that those are major blemishes where they, we force a divorce. It's interesting to note that the commentators point out that if he was blind in both eyes, or if both hands were cut off, or both legs were broken, so then even the Tanakama, even the first opinion would agree that we would force a divorce. That would be a major, uh, a super major blemish. It's Rabbi Abba, Barayagam, Rabbi Yachan al Rabbi Yochanan says that we follow Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel in this case, meaning there's a difference between minor blemishes and major blemishes. Major blemishes, we do force a divorce. Rav Nachman, Allah but Rav Nachman says we follow the first opinion, who says that essentially in all these cases we do not force a divorce unless it's super major, like both hands or both eyes or both legs. The Gemara just has one last point here before we get to the next Mishnah. did Rabbi Yochanan really say that in this case we follow Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel? But not in other cases, it sounds like. But Rabbi Yochanan says elsewhere, But it tells us where Rabbi says that we follow Rabbi Yochanan in all cases, except for three. There are three unique cases, but in all the other cases we follow Rabbi Over here it sounds like only in this case we follow Rabbi Yochanan. My answer is, You know, it's a difference of opinion amongst the Amorim, the rabbis from the Gemara, in terms of what exactly Rabbi Yochanan say. Did Rabbi Yochanan say that we always follow Rosh ben except for in three cases? Or did he say that we only follow him in this particular case? That is a uh, subject to debate. Okay, on that note, the next Mishnah, which is the very last Mishnah of this parak, Mishnah says, But in these, the following are cases where we really, these, uh, everybody would agree, uh, these are super major blemishes that we force him to divorce his wife. What are these cases? He has boils, and He's a Baal Felifas, which the Gemara will explain exactly what exactly this is. He has uh, different jobs where um, we'll see in the Gemara it causes him to have a, a terrible odor. Constant terrible odor. He gathers or he melds copper where he works as a tanner of hides. For all these cases, whether these existed before they got married or whether they developed after they got married, we force them to get divorced for all these Because these are major major blemishes, even though she could stipulate from the, before the marriage, I knew about this, and I accepted it, but after the marriage, she has the ability to say, "You know what? I didn't realize how bad this would be. It's way worse than I thought it would be, and therefore we could force a divorce. However,. Argue, uh, the rabbis argue on Rumeir, and they say if she accepted it beforehand, so then she can't back out. She can't back out unless it's one case when it has to do with boils. Then she could back out. Why? Because it really consumes his flesh. When they're involved in uh, marital relations, it consumes his flesh. It's uh, very difficult. And so therefore in that case, in that case alone, she could back out of that. So, the Mishnah concludes with the following story in a place called Sidon, where there was a tanner who uh, died childless. Uh, again, the tanner smells uh, terribly, terrible odor. He also had a brother who was in the same business. He was a tanner as well. The Chacham say, the rabbis say, she could say, she has the ability to say, I wanted to marry the brother who passed away, but I don't, I don't want to do Yibam. She passed. They passed away without any children. There's a mitzvah to do yibum. She could say, "No, I, I was interested in one brother, even though he was a tanner and he had a terrible odor. But him, he, he, I liked. But you, 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 the 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 brother who who's alive, uh, I'm not interested in marrying a tanner. I don't want to do yibum. And then she has the right to back out of yibum, even though we prefer yibum. At least at a certain point in time, we preferred yibum. Uh, but uh, for this, uh, I want to back out of it, and he's able to back out of it. She's be able. She is able to back out of it." Okay, says the Gemara, my Baal Feliphas, in that list of major, major blemishes that uh, we force a divorce, is Baal Feliphas. What exactly is that? Amar Shmuel says, Re'ach It's the terrible smell from his nose. But It's taught in a bright it's referring to the odor from the mouth. Rav Asi Ipcha. has the exact opposite, that Shmuel said that it's from the mouth, uh, and the Mishnah said it's from the nose, and he has a mnemonic for this. A way to remember this, essentially, uh, in this parak, in this chapter, if we, one were to go back, one can see that Shmuel comments on every single Mishnah. On every Mishnah, Shmuel comments on, on it in the Gemara. And Shmuel is one who's talking. He's talking a lot. And so therefore, that's the mnemonic to say Shmuel. When he's talking about this blamish. he's talking about um, the odor from the mouth. Because he's talking a lot, that's a way to remember it. Okay, so the Gemara now gets into all these different cases um, and tries to explain it. my mekamed, what is he gathering that causes him to smell? Amrivu He's gathering dog excrement. Dog excrement. Which is used either for the tanning process or perhaps Rashi says it's used for part of the detergent for clothing. The Gemara says, sorry, we have a question. It's not referring to, um, it's not referring to gathering of dog excrement. It's talking about somebody who's a tanner. So the Gemara says, uh, "The of The Gemara says, "No, that can't be because a tanner was already part of the list of the Mishnah." So another part of the list, Mikambites, somebody who gathers, can't be referring to a tanner. It's already part of the Mishnah. So it can't be that uh, the Mikamates, the, the Mikamates who gathers, is the same person as the tanner. That would make sense because the Mishnah says, have have both on the list. So the Gemara says, no, No, for the Mishnah, you can explain as follows. It's listed separately because there's a large-scale tanner and there's a small-scale tanner. sorry. And the Mishnah is telling us whether it's a large-scale tanner or a small-scale tanner. Both of them Um. Have a terrible odor, and therefore we would force a divorce. Ella Kasha, but what do you do about Ravyhuda? Ravyhuda said it's referring to somebody who gathers dog excrement, but we have a Baisa which says that it's referring to a tanner. So the more answers, Tnaihi, it's subject to debate. Even in the Baisas, it's subject to debate. There's different opinions. Some say Mekamets. Either way, they this is somebody who has a terrible odor. Either he's a tanner or he's somebody who gathers dog excrement. Either way, um, it's somebody who has a terrible odor. Moving on in the list. What is the person who is um, who is uh, the coppersmith? It's referring to a kettlesmith. He beats the copper uh, to make kettles. Uh, that gives him a bad odor. Rabbi Barachana Amar mechatech Nechoshes Meikaro. No, Rabbi Rechana says, no, it's somebody who removes the copper from the ground. Somebody removes the copper from the ground. And there's a brysa in support of this second opinion. We have a brysa that supports this second opinion. Okay. While we are on the topic of cases where we force a divorce, most cases we do not force a divorce. But what are some other cases where we would force a divorce? Uh, so, Rav says, <laughs> That if the husband says, I am no longer supporting my wife, and I will not provide uh, a livelihood for her, they have to get divorced. So they said this in front of Shmuel, and Shmuel said, uh, Eliezer, Rabbi Lazar said this in front of Shmuel, and Shmuel said, well, feed animal food to Elazar. Meaning, it's not true. Don't say such things. It was an insult. And he says, why force him to get divorced? Force him to feed her. Just have him feed her. Don't force a divorce. However, Rav is the one who said this. Rav argues and says, No, this is an impossible marriage. You're going to force him to feed her? It's going to happen over and over and over again. Every single time she's not fed, she's going to have to come to court and say, Oh, my husband's not giving me food. Go beat him up so that he gives me food. That's not a marriage. That's what Rav says. A shmuel argues and Shmuel says, No, let her, let her come to, if this happens again, uh, hopefully it won't happen again. But if it happens again, so that she'll come to court, and then the court will force him to feed her. But we don't have to. We don't have to force him to get divorced. Uh, the Gemara says that when Rebbi went to Israel, he saw Rebbi bar Yefes sitting and saying these laws of Rav in the name of Rebbi Um Amarle, he said to him, "Al da'ak are in the laws of uh, he says that no, this is wrong. This is exactly why they gave Elazar the animal food in Bavel, essentially saying that this is this is wrong. What you're saying is wrong. Okay, so there's an argument with regards to the case where the husband refuses to feed his wife. Uh, do we we have to force something? But do we force a divorce or do we force him to uh, feed his wife? Next line. Next line. Continuing on the Gemara. Amrav Yudam Ravasi Ein Maas and el Rav Asi says, the only case where we force a man to divorce his wife is where they're married to somebody who is unfit. What are we talking about? to when they say this in front of he said, Kigon. various cases where it's a it's a love, it's a negative prohibition where the marriage works, but it's not allowed. Like in Almano LeKohen Gadol, the, the high priest is married to a widow. Gushu v'chalut, the LeKohen Hedjo to the Kohen is married to somebody who's divorced. Mamzer, Sinu Lishal, Ba'as Shal, Sinu mamzer. Cases where somebody's married to a mamzer, that's also a, a negative commandment, and the marriage works, it's a legal marriage, but they have to get divorced. But let's say they're married, and they're married for 10 years, and they don't have any children, so the rule is that they would have to get divorced. They do have to get divorced, but we do not force it. We do not force the divorce, even though they have to get divorced, because we want uh, the husband to uh, marry somebody else, so that he can have kids, to fulfill the mitzvah, to fulfill the procreate but we're not going to force it we won't force, we won't force the divorce uh, it's interesting there's a discussion about whether or not uh, why do we have to force a divorce let him just marry somebody else this is prior to uh, the that they can't marry more than one wife maybe there's a suggestion he can marry somebody else maybe not maybe we're concerned that if he stays married so then uh, he won't marry somebody else even though he has the mitzvah but once he's married he's comfortable so maybe we would force a divorce so that he marries somebody else Okay, Rav Tachlifa Baravimi Amr Shmuel. Shmuel says, "I feel another issue for Shaliyim as Roshan of Lo Yalda." Shmuel says, "No, if they're married for ten years without children, we do force the divorce. We do force. We would force the divorce." The Gemara now has the following question: If we would force a divorce, why isn't it in our Mishnah? Tanan. Elu shikovenos halahotzi. These are the cases where we force a divorce. These are all cases of uh, where there's a blemish. So. I understand that according to Ravasi, we only mention the rabbinic cases where the rabbis say you force a divorce. But in a case where it's a violation on a Torah level, on a biblical level, like uh like the cases that we discussed before of a widow to a the Kohen Gadol, to the high priest, or or uh, uh somebody who's divorced to a regular Kohen, those are on a biblical level. That's so that's the mission I didn't discuss. But according to Shmuel, the Avimi, in the name of Shmuel, Listening, why don't we have the case, which is also on a rabbinic level? To uh, it's, it's a mitzvah de reis, it's a biblical mitzvah to to uh, fulfill the mitzvah of to procreate, peruvu. But the idea of forcing it, of forcing a divorce, that would be the rabbis. Why isn't that in our mishnah? So it says the Gemara. No, it makes sense. I'll tell you why, because there's a difference in the cases. When it comes to the cases of our Mishnah, we will force, by really forcing with, with the stick, we will beat him so that he divorces his wife if he has a blemish. The case where he doesn't have children, we're not going to beat him. We will speak with him about it. We'll talk to him about it. And that's why it's not in our Mishnah. The then asks, wait a minute. Rabbi Abba asks, it doesn't work. It doesn't help to, to use words. It's not going to force somebody. Not gonna help. So Elam Abba, Hava HaBishot, Really both cases where it's with a beating. But Hasam Kiamra Haha Amra In our Mishnah, if she, if he has a terrible blemish, a major blemish, and she says, I still want to be with him, okay. So the Mishnah's case is they're allowed to stay married. But in the case where she says I want to be with him and they're not able to have kids, we say it doesn't matter that you want to be with him. He has a mitzvah of puravut to procreate, and so therefore. Uh, we make them get divorced. So that's why it's not in our mission. It's not in our mission because our missions are is cases where there are cases where uh it's only in cases where she she wants to get divorced. If she agrees to it so then they stay married. But if it's about the fact that they don't have kids for ten years, uh, and he has myths of Puravut to have children, so then we force the divorce. Okay, we're on Ayn Zainam Abay, seven seventy B seventy seven B, just a few more lines. Uh, but we, but we know that when it comes to Mukashrin, one of the cases in the Mishnah of boils, we say that we make them get divorced, even if he/she thinks uh, that she's fine with it. So the answer is: even so, in a case of boils, if she comes to witnesses and says, "I want to stay with him," I understand that it's painful and it's difficult when he has boils, but I want to stay with him. If she says so in front of witnesses, we let them stay married. But if she comes in front of witnesses and says, I want to stay married when they don't have kids after 10 years, that we don't listen to her. We still don't listen to her for that, and we make them get divorced. These are interesting cases where, uh, unique cases where we force a divorce uh, based on uh, those particular situations and scenarios. Okay, we will continue with the Gemara on I Zion of seventy seven and b in the next class.